I am Dr. Drew, and this is Dr. Drew After Dark. Please be advised that Dr. Drew After Dark may contain sexually oriented content and be unsuitable for young children. And welcome to another episode of Dr. Drew After Dark. We appreciate all the support. We appreciate all the emails. I've got uh, quite a bit to go through today. And the voice messages, keep them coming at uh, drdrewafterdark at gmail.com and also 818-253-1693. Got it? Keep it coming. One day we'll have phones. But in the meantime, this is actually kind of working with the... uh, Emails and the voice messages, right, Jimmy O Yang? Yes, true. <laughs> so, wow, wow. Is that I'm, wow. I came in hot today, you man? Did come in hot, man. I'm hoping this next hour you'll fix my life, well, and then th- we'll, you know, answer some other people's we'll questions. We'll tell people that don't know our heritage together. I was your dad. He well, here's the thing. I, I have good Asian parents. They're immigrants, but they never taught me anything about the. You, birds you and came the bees. here at what age? Thirteen from 13. Hong Kong. Thirteen. And how much English did you speak? Not really. I learned English how kids will learn Spanish. You know, what I mean, in, in, in grammar America. school. Yeah, and I don't even know what like what's up, man. Yeah, because that that's that's a f- American slang yeah. phrase. I knew what what man and up meant. Didn't know what what's up meant. Uh, so it was kind of a struggle. Now I found Loveline when I was about fifteen. I got like so a three years radio. of you struggling with English in mm-hmm. high school or junior high school or high school. Junior high is when I junior came. High in eighth you grade. must have been hot stuff. Yeah, <laughs> all over me, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. They call me Jimmy Thickcock back in the day, but not really. They didn't discover that until in my late twenties. You know what uh, okay, I mean? Okay. Okay. So, well, this is Doctor Draft. Yeah, Park, yeah. Right? Go. Like, we're gonna go, go blue it. here. You know? Bring it, dude. Bring it. No, but um, when I found Loveline, it was like really cool and liberating because in a Chinese family, we don't really talk about that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I think I've good Asian parents in general, but when it comes to like relationships and stuff like that. Basically, sex, ra- sex. basically raised by wolves, you know. Oh yeah. So uh, it was good to hear you and Adam, uh, and it was super funny. I listened to it like every night. It was on at what eleven or something like that. Ten to 10? ten to twelve. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. But, actually, were you here in Los Angeles? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, what? I actually hated it when you guys had musical guests. Oh yeah. Because that took away from the phone call. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so from us, you learn sex, you learn English, you learn slang, and yep. we sort of raised you. Yeah. As opposed to the wolves, me and Adam raised you. Yeah. Uh, it's just another pack of wolves racing. Yeah, it's be two fair. hyenas now. <laughs> so not much of a difference. Yeah. But, but at least I, I was educated on what America's sex life is compared yeah. to, I guess, what I thought sex life was back in China. You know, It's different. It's. I mean, I I don't know. And my, I moved here when I was 13. So even looking back, I'm sure people have sex all the time in China. But I was such a kid yeah. when I moved here. I was like, oh, probably people, people probably don't have sex until they get married. You now, know? now think about that. And now you're seen as that that guy on the crazy rich, rich Asian barge right. that's got chicks hanging off him. That's, that's who you are now. That's your public yeah, image. Yeah. Well, I hope. I hope. I, I, I don't know. I'm pretty low key uh, when I go up. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, I mean that that's 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 a good thing cuz you don't see a lot of like Asians being sexualized, I mm-hmm. guess. So is that, so that's fine. Is that good? No, it is good that you get to be that person. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Or Got it. we get to be seen as not just a nerd or whatever, Got it. Yeah. You know? Or not just uh, a sexless person. Or the how would you describe the character in Silicon Valley? He's like a foreign guy, you know. <laughs> he's He's like me when I was he's, 13. He's sort of a gambler. Yeah, he's kind of a badass. In he's the sort beginning. of be sort of a colossal a hole. Colossal. Yeah. Asshole. Okay. All right. Yeah, which is what's cool about that guy. But 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 he's sort of clairvoyant in what he sees. He's smart. Like you're a bad CEO. Yes. And he was a bad CEO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I, Drew, I didn't know you were such a fan of the show, so, man. So I'm just saying, I catch little bits of it. Nice. Yeah. At least that last season. That last season was because I was I've really been, I've had a I had a web company in the 80s in the excuse me in the 
end of the 90s. And I went through one of those cycles. You know, we raised capital. And, really? Yeah. And that last season caught everything about, you know, running a company from nothing about nothing. You know what I mean? What All was your tech going, company? What was your company? DrDrew.com. It was during the, the dot-com craze. Raised money <sighs> in San Jose and nobody had websites. And we did it. We did something like this. We did something yeah. exactly like this, except nobody could see it because nobody had broadband, which right. you needed in order to see this. So we were way ahead of ourselves. So you were streaming back then? No. Well, yeah, were... streaming broadband, right. Oh, my God. Yeah, and then we'd essentially put it up as a, as a video video that people could watch and download. Nobody could watch it. They didn't have enough speed. Wow. Isn't that funny? It's, and it's... so we had you know 100, 100 employees. We employed lots of people for a good year. And everybody we... went bankrupt. Completely. So it's an entire <laughs> cycle of a business. But all the stuff... <laughs> All the stuff that you went through in that last season of Silicon Valley, th that was all stuff that was very familiar to me. Wow. Except for that, that Bitcoin thing they did. Oh, right, yeah, right. I'm sure was, there was a similar version of Bitcoin back yeah. in the day, whatever that was. They're PayPal, just, maybe? No. The, in fact, I, we had people who uh, were working with us that invented PayPal, and we had just all happened right then. Wow. Yeah, all this stuff was happening. We didn't know what was going on. But anyway, um, so you grew up in, in China. Your dad, uh, what was your dad's job? He was, uh, he was a businessman. He sold medical devices for a long time, and then uh, that, that didn't go so well. So when I was like a baby, when I was like before I was five, we were like pretty well off. Yeah. And then after that, it was just kind of all, um, not downhill, but they were like living off their savings. Mm. And then he came here and became a financial advisor. And then he saw, get this camera on me. Then he saw Jimmy's success at an actor, and he said, in your dad's voice, what did he say? He said, if it's so easy, you can in do it. In your dad's voice. <sighs> I don't know if I can do you it. You can't do it anymore? If it's so easy, you can do it. I can probably do it. So and he, then... get the camera back to me. He started acting, and now he's a huge star in China. Am I right? It was the craziest thing. <laughs> he's a huge star in China. It's ridiculous. Because what happened was, I was like, oh, you don't appreciate how many <laughs> auditions I have to go to and how hard this job actually is. And all the blood, sweat, and tears I put on stage and acting classes. I'm like, fine. I'm gonna call my agent and see if like she wants to sign you. And turns out, hot like old Asian dudes like a hot commodity in Hollywood, it. right? You yeah. So they signed him, and he booked his first five out of six auditions. Wow! It was the craziest. Thing. It completely backfired <laughs> on me. And he was like, "Oh yeah, it's it's it is easy." I was like, "Ah, fuck you," you know. And and he got on this show. It was like a non-union show that shot yeah. in San Francisco, but it was a Chinese show. Yeah. And it turned out to be the biggest. It was like Modern Family of China. Oh, my God. It's called Little Daddy. And he had like played <laughs> is, like. Is he the little daddy? No, no. Oh. Uh, he played like this three episode arc as a Chinese gangster. Really cool arc, mm. right? And um, my aunt saw it in China and literally called our house here and was like, hey, Richard, you're such a good actor. <laughs> like your son must have taken after you, huh? <laughs> it's just it's it, it's terrible. It's the best story ever. Yeah. Uh, well, you've continued to move on in spite of that. Yeah. You have you have stuff coming up. Can you talk about it? Yeah. Um, well, Silicon Valley, we're going to shoot the new season. That's okay. very exciting. Uh, I'm going to do a stand-up special soon. So I've what? been running around town doing a lot of stand-up. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I saw you at the comedy store. Did I see your name up yeah. there? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was there yesterday. Yeah, that's what I thought I saw. Yeah. It was really fun. I wasn't going to get back to it because I think back in the day I was doing stand-up to try to get girls to not be depressed, stuff like that. Is, was, that. is that the reason? It was my way to socialize. 
you yeah. know, uh, not just meet girls, but like make friends. Because I was like so, so like. How did you arrive at comedy? That's quite a, it's sort of a reach to think. Oh, that's what I'll do to meet people. Hang on a bar. I think it's um, a lot of people. I think got great stories. It's like, oh, I grew up watching Eddie Murphy, my brother, and I promised him I'd be a comedian. You know, I didn't have any of that. It was honestly the last ditch desperation. It was like I always say, googling. Like typing into Google local open mics, it's one step away from typing in what's the, what's the best way to kill yourself. <laughs> like not to get like super dark here, but I think that 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 that's what a lot of comedians' motivations are. So um, I was just I was just stuck, you know. Uh, tours like my junior year of college, I wasn't making friends. Where were you in college? Uh, where, where did I go to college? Yeah, uh, UCSD. Okay. So the summer so I was San back Diego. home. Living with my dad, like doing nothing, playing Madden with my old high school friends, Ooh. not meeting any girls, you know, I'm just stuck. And I'm Who like, thought of comedy? I, kind I, of a brilliant idea. I, uh, I guess I used to watch BET Rap City and Comic View when I came to America. So I thought that was really interesting. And I was just going to try it. I, I, was, I never had like stage fear. I was pretty good. Like, in, Did with, you with work hard speaking. to work up your first... Um, I, I wrote some stuff, but it was like hacky masturbation jokes, you know, like just like every comic. I think one of my first joke was like, so I was watching like Sports Center and ESPN and, you know, it was a Michael Vick highlight and I was jerking off to my computer on the other screen and, uh, you know, and, and then I was about to come and I turned around, Michael Vick scored a touchdown. So I kind of came to Michael Vick, you know, <laughs> it was like really dumb masturbation jokes, but I got some like pity chuckles. And <sighs> the great part about that was immediately the other open mic comics was like, oh, that was cool, man. What was your name? You know, like, do you come here often? Like, it, it was Where like was a camaraderie. It? it was at the Ha Ha Comedy Club. Ha Ha Comedy Club in North Hollywood. Uh, I had to pay $5 for five minutes to stay time. Oh. And then we're like tagging each other's jokes. But like, we, I found a community. So I just, I started going there every day for the open mic. Every day? Yeah, because I made, I was making friends. For how, oh, summer, you weren't doing anything. Yeah, yeah. It was like when I was 20, 21, yeah. So every day, oh, Mike, and did you, did you like work every day at what you were going to say or you just repeat stuff or? Yeah. I, I don't think I understood the process, like how much trial and error do is you, it. Do you now? I, I do now. Yeah. Um, I think back in the day, it's more just trying to survive on stage for five minutes so you can go hang out at the bar for another two hours, you know? Uh, but mainly it's the camaraderie and I kind of saw a way out. I'm like, if I get really good at this, I can get on their Friday night book shows and actually you know, make some money and like meet girls and get laid, you know, and, 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 and I'll be part meet, of this. Meet girls get laid is in the, in the, the alchemy every time. Every, everything <laughs> anyone does in life. I Certainly think. as a young man. Yeah. yeah. I came to this podcast because I'm hoping to meet girls and get laid oh, at some point. Would you guys help out with this? <laughs> it's just dudes in here, man. <laughs> oh. Damn it. Ugh. So how did the, the transition to acting go? Um, I didn't think I was going to be an actor. I was hoping to just do some acting, like commercial acting, so I can pay the bills because I wasn't making any money. I heard great stories of comedians like being an extra on a commercial and then they got paid 60 grand because they got bumped up and all the residuals and stuff. Wow. And I didn't really know what acting is about. Like, obviously, I, I get it. I've seen it, but I don't know how to do it. So I found an agent hoping to just get some commercial work. So I used my stand-up clip as like my reel. And then the agent kind of just starts sending me out on random auditions, like Modern Family, two lines on Modern Family, you know, um, uh, this game show host and everything. And those things were so far-fetched and cool for me 
I was like, dude, I need to work really hard because oh. this is an opportunity uh -huh. that I didn't even think I was gonna get. Uh -huh. So I started, you know, using all my money for acting classes. Like my rent was like three hundred bucks. I lived in this guy's living room, but <laughs> where my in in Hollywood, uh, <laughs> and um, that's that's a whole nother lifetime and story. Why? Uh, because I I had no money. I used to work at a strip club in San Diego. Oh? So I finished that. Tell me more. What, what happened there? You didn't know this? I, thought, I no, told you this. I, I, worked, I, vaguely I remember. worked at a strip club as a DJ, and it got too dangerous, and the guy loved me, this gangster sure, guy. Give, give us your, your rap. Oh, uh, yeah. It was, it was always just like two people in a strip club. It's a really sad strip club, so it's like high-pressure sales. Like, okay. It's going to be give me like PTSD. Um, <clears throat> that's what I was hoping. It's like... All right, ladies and gentlemen, coming up to stage next is Milan. Give it up for the sexy Milan. And two-for-one lap dancers coming up for the next 10 minutes. Don't be shy with you all, gentlemen in the gray hat. I see you over there eyeing saucy. I see you. Get saucy Milan for a two-for-one lap dance. You can get two girls for the price of one, or you can get one girl and two lap dances for the price of one. Two-for-one lap dances going on right now, Fantasy Showgirls. That was my life. I was very good at that job. How about the girls? Uh, the girls, I, I had a crush on this girl cause she just looked like the girl next door, super pretty. And like, looks like she's too good for that strip club. Cause everybody else had of like, course in your mind. literally like, uh, 18th street Latina tattoos on their stomachs and shit, you know, like gang shit. Scar scars, stab yeah. wounds. Yeah. This one girl was named Latina <laughs> cause she was Latina. It's good. And she had like an AK 47 bandolier like tattoo. It was nuts, yeah, dude. Of course. And um, so it's a lot of grungy stuff like that. And then there's this girl, um, Paige, who was like really beautiful. Uh, and she was like 19, 20, and I was like 22 at the time. So I was like, oh, Paige from San Diego. Yeah, yeah, Paige. And, and I thought I was like, oh, my God, you know, um, only if I can like get her as my girlfriend. So I was chatting with her. Uh, and I had such a huge crush on her, and I talked to the owner. You know how like when you have a crush with someone? You you want to talk to your buddies about it? It's like, sure. It's like your high school friends. Like, yeah. oh man, isn't Monica like so cute? Yeah, you just know? testing testing your your judgment. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, to see what they think. Yeah. Right. To mm -hmm. see, it's like, oh no, Monica's a fucking whore. Or like, or, or, or like, she's married. What yeah, are you talking or like, about? Or like, yeah, but Monica, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. Um, so I was talking to owner about it's it. Reconnaissance of a certain type. Exactly. <laughs> so I was talking to owner just, and he's like the sixty year old gangster, and then I was like, hey, so Paige is awesome, huh? Don't you think Paige is like so cute? And then and then he was like. She's a pathological liar. Don't listen to anything she says. Oh. And I was like, what? No, come on. How would you know that? You don't, you don't know her that well. And then he was like, I know I fucked her, okay? <sighs> and my innocence just kind of just <laughs> done. It was like, like a balloon deflating. Yeah, yeah. And it got like really dangerous too after a while. So there was, Wasn't there cocaine deals or something there you told us? Uh, there was some stuff like that. Uh, it was like prostitution. It was um, so Your dad was super, super happy, right? Your dad was very he happy. He didn't know until oh. he read my book. Oh, and he was like crying afterwards. He's like, "Oh man, if I knew, you know, blah blah." So that was a nice moment. Because um, <laughs> I, I know he, if he knew, I would have never been able to work there. He would have dragged me out, of right? It, you know? And you wouldn't be able to pursue Paige. Yeah, I know. Well, the <laughs> failure of a pursuit. How long were you there? I think I was there for a good six months, mm. and the owner wanted to open up a new strip club for me to run it because I was a very good, trustworthy guy. And and of course, uh, I I didn't I, I I went to L.A. Some some buddies talk some this sense. This reminds you like Breaking Bad. It is. It where is where he finds uh, somebody to yeah. run his run his stuff for him. Yeah. So and then I moved to L.A. and uh, became an actor. But no no no. Then you ended up in somebody's living room. Oh well, I used like the two thousand dollars savings I had 
ended up in this kid's Nathan, uh, Nathan's uh, living room. Um, but you can only call him Nathaniel. You can't call him Nathan. Nathaniel. Uh, Nathaniel. Nathaniel. Nathaniel, but Na- Nathaniel. 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 This, uh, this small black guy. He's like smaller than me. And he's super gay. Uh, and it was fine. You know, I, I'm cool with gay people. So, like, I just rented out his living room. And uh, until one night, he brought, like, five gay Latino dudes over. And, like, I thought all five of them were just going to have an orgy in his room, you know, or whatever. I don't know. And apparently only one of them is with him. And, like, four of them crashed in the living room where I am. I don't know what the fuck happened that night, okay? Like, I just, you know, my back was against the wall and I got my headphones on, you know. But this one guy just kept saying, hey, Pablo, so you're power bottom, huh? That's all, that's all I know. And I woke up the next morning. I feel like we had a show jimmy try it out just so he i know you know robert the- paul champagne <laughs> i fucking know try it out guy man okay. i showed all my buddies about all it all right all right he's awesome i would, i mean show it i would love to did, watch did it. you did you recognize does he look like one of the guys in the room that no, no, night, th- these are all young guys oh, but i mean he's grown up now it's been a lot yeah, th- later this could be pablo <laughs> this, this could be pablo. pablo the power bottom <laughs> thugs homeless hey, by the way what a man with a good heart huh ex-cons you know? Why don't you show the Instagram that he sent me personally? No. Yeah, he sent me a personal Instagram. Yes, please. Yeah, yeah Jimmy would like that. Oh, man, I, I love this guy. Yeah, give me a second to pull it up. <laughs> Robert Paul Champagne. And uh, the YMH got to talk to him. I know. I, I, I listened to that. I'm, I'm a Seth's fan of next theirs. door yeah. here. It's so cool. Yeah. No, but he sent me a, a special message. So you think um, you think he was on meth, right? I, I, I saw your take on it. Uh. Oh, that particular video, he seems Yeah, on that one he seemed on meth with a, with a weird language. But um, Abuse. Sin, this one, he's, he does not seem on meth presently when he sends me this lovely message. <laughs> you can imagine. Here he is. Oh, my God. <laughs> is this for Easter? Well, it was around Easter time. Yes, yes. Very festive. Yeah, very festive. Yeah. Dr. Drew, uh, what was Dr. Drew saying about me? Um, yeah, probably negative. Well, I was thinking scared by Dr. Drew. Because Dr. Drew, to me, is a fucking moron. <laughs> I was never molested kid. I'm not unhappy. I'm not too... I got a brain, okay? Very intelligent. Very, very intelligent. I don't think Dr. Drew is compared to my brain. Only dogs to compare to the goddamn fucking chicken head. That's like Colonel Sanders. He reminds me of Colonel Sanders uh, with uh, the virus. Hey, Dr. Drew, you hear that? You remind me of uh, a Colonel Sanders with a virus. Go, <coughs> Colonel Sanders Please, with a virus? Yeah. I think he said you look like Colonel Sanders with a virus. Uh, I, I thought I, he I said Colonel is. Sanders with Alvira. That's what I said first. At first, no? like a cross of Colonel Sanders and Alvira. And then he said Colonel Sanders with a virus. With a virus. Then oh, that's why he was coughing. Yeah, okay, yeah. that makes sense. But I'm. It's this, like it's I, like homey on out. It's like uh, home right now. We don't know. Can you say? Can you say? That, it's it's. Do you have a personal video from Dried Out Guy? I I don't. <laughs> what a legend, I, I've arrived. Huh? I'm here. You have. <laughs> oh my is, god. Yes, it's really quite a moment. Thank you for joining and appreciating it with me. Oh, I love, yeah. I love Robert uh, Paulch. <laughs> He's great. 
He's really a sweet guy. I he was, is a sweet, and that kind of comes through a little bit here. You can say that. Yeah, he's like beginning. a little hurt. He's like, yeah. you know, he's he's happy. He's having but fun. But he, he was, I think he was on meth when he was, you know. And, and, Maybe that video. He was very aggressive. Fuck me, piss on yeah, me, beat right. me. <laughs> try it out, man. Like, even when he said, try it out, man. I know. Like, Jimmy, you, you've watched that video too many, few too many times. Many times, man. man. <laughs> I almost tried it out, man. Really? No, I didn't. No. You know so now, anyway. now, okay. What my my question always, Drew, yeah. is you know I worked at a strip club with our strippers. Yeah, yeah. A hundred percent of strippers, or like somebody like piss piss on me, yeah. beat me. Yeah. Are they all a hundred percent abused, or are there some outliers? There's some outliers, and, and it's just it's just what makes you not perceive normal boundaries. That's really mm -hmm. what you know. What happens to you that your boundaries are sort of fluid, right? What happened? You always say this, which I love. What happened to you that make this okay? Right. Yeah, the, the, it's like when know, I watch porn, I can't unthink that. I'm like, what happened to her? I can't go to strip that club. That this DP is okay right I, now. I, I can't go to a strip club because I just think about, just think about these women. And, I know, you know, right? And it's not my business. They want to do it. They like doing it. It's not like they don't like it. It's just that it's sort of, it's, they're stuck in a loop of trauma kind of thing is the way I think. Are, are there ever strippers, like maybe they're in a bad situation and they need money for their family? Like, yeah, like is that a real story? It, of course, that... but, see, but it, there's lots of people desperate that don't do that. Now, maybe they aren't attractive enough to do it, I suppose, but other people will, will go to other desperate measures than that. There's a reason you sort of feel fine doing that. And it's okay. Mm. Listen, peace and love, peace and love, no problem, nothing wrong with it. Um, what are but, other desperate measures? Like robbing? No, I mean... Like taking working. a job you don't want to take or borrowing money from people or living out of a living room with Nathaniel. Yeah, I would have stripped, though, if I was a female. You would have? Yeah, I mean, I'm not hot enough as a dude to well, strip. So what happened to you? Yeah, well, <laughs> so, well, but the thing is, like, I'm a dude. Did you have trauma growing up? I don't think so. Other than trauma of getting here. I think it's trauma of getting here, and it's it's years of repression is my trauma. I don't That doesn't count as trauma. Like, what, Was it repressive in, in China? No, but I mean, I just jerked off from like the age of thirteen to twenty, and oh, then I God, started getting so like, abnormal. I mean, oh no, my God. But I mean, look, it's 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 years of just frustration because oh, abnormal. Oh my God. So none of that is abnormal, I guess. No, you no. know, so your continued preoccupation. I, I'm just saying, nothing. I, I mean, me working huh. a strip club, maybe I was uh, uh, traumatized. I don't. Well, know. you said you get PTSD just from talking, telling the story. Again. I don't. That was. I mean, I was doing hyperbole. Bit. Yeah. Um. um okay, uh, but. And you never talked about your mom. What's her deal? Well, so oh, here's my trauma. Mm. This is my trauma. I talked about this, Drew. Okay, I forgot. So when I was 15, so my family all came out when I was 13. Oh, that's right. I do remember And this. my mom was the one that kind of didn't quite assimilate mm -hmm. because she couldn't speak English very well. So she went from like running a fashion line in Hong Kong to like doing minimum wage crappy jobs in like Chinese areas. So when I was 15, she got up and moved back to China. Just left you guys. Yeah, kind of basically in a divorce. So I had a ton of resentment from that. Okay. But now looking back, I understand. I understand too, but it was traumatic. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And, and it's, it's got to not be normal for a woman, especially for a mom. Leave her kids. To get up and leave their kids, right? Very unusual. Yeah. A, it speaks to how desperately unhappy she was, mm -hmm. right? Did she try to bring you with her? No. I mean, they came here for my schooling, me and my brother's schooling. So. Is your brother older? Yeah, he's older. And then she made no attempt. No, like, she like, actually, man, I remember here. this. I mean, my memory could be wrong, but I remember I was like crying. Uh, she was like, um, uh, if, if you don't want me to go, I don't have to go. I was like, mom, I don't want you to go. And then she left. Two. That's it's, trauma. Explains your interest in strippers. Got it, right? Mm -hmm. You know? But what is it? How does that translate to me working in a strip club? Um, or page. 
well, page makes sense to me and because the unavailable and even if available would be a more than a handful and would leave. Yeah. Uh, and working in strip club is you were rebellious. You were, I bet you were super rebellious for, for a Chinese kid from, yeah, from yeah. Hong Kong, you know? But do you think that's something to do with my mom or that's just my yes. nature? No, you were pissed. She left you. Mm. At the 15 or 17, now you're 17, 18, 19, right? You're, so maybe I have a, like, like an anger towards women? Uh, maybe. I'm not sure. That was, I, I know. I'm not going to say that. Okay. I, I'm just going to say that you were, you were angry because you'd been abandoned in by general. your mom in uh -huh. general and you were rebelling and stuff and thus the wild night in Nathaniel's living room. Nathaniel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i'm just saying uh but it makes sense that you you but it kind of drove you it's interesting it kind of made you do stuff that you wouldn't have probably otherwise done i don't think it, yeah if my mom I'm, never left i would have been in a very happy asian family and probably be a financial uh, advisor now. the answer and wealthy and the interesting yeah. thing for for this uh show is how did comedy figure into that you know what i mean Mm. Was there is is there is that an angry? I think it's part of that rebellious, part of that um, part of that rebellion, part of that um, desperation. Because mm. I just couldn't find happiness back home anymore, right? Yeah, you were neither here nor there. Yeah, because because but, but back home, but you also couldn't go back to Hong Kong either because no, you I was that displaced. Anymore. Yeah, I needed to fit in. I never thought that I fit in in America. But isn't, an, isn't comedy kind Asian? of a kind of using a mallet to fit in, right? Well, comedy, of... the good thing about comedy is weirdos. The weirder you are, it's it's how misfits fit in. The weirder you are, the funnier you are. Everybody in the comedy club was a misfit. So you feel like you fit in with those people. You find your creed. You know, like that's how me and Fred Stoller met. That's how me and my roommate Terrell Guam met. You know, like because everybody didn't fit in. That's why we all do stand up. Fred wants to come in at the end of this podcast and give you a gift or me a gift too. So we'll yeah, see. Yeah, yeah, Fred yeah. Fred Stoller be here in a few minutes. But speaking of misfits, let's let's go to let's go to my misfits. Cool. Let's go to let's get to a voicemail here right off the top and see what they've got for us, shall we? Hey, Doctor Drew. I am a mother of two. And um, during both of my pregnancies, I had something really unfortunate occur. Uh-oh. Um, during intercourse with my husband, we, of course, took the opportunity of me being pregnant to let him finish without having to pull out she because that's probably something. one of the best things about being pregnant. And for some reason, my body went from being perfectly fine with his semen touching my skin to completely having an allergic reaction, Whoa. which felt like a burning, searing, stinging pain right. so bad that I would be in tears and having to put a wet washcloth, like a cold compress on myself. Right. Needless this makes, to this say, makes perfect sense. I didn't let him do that more than once each pregnancy. Okay. So my question to you is why that occurs. Okay. Because when I did ask my doctors, they just basically said it's not unheard of but they didn't have an understanding of why it does okay. occur. Uh, of the many hundreds of times that callers or voice message uh, participants have said to me, I'm having an allergic reaction to my boyfriend's semen, I would say zero of them, zero have been an allergic reaction. The vast, vast, vast majority is the effects of progesterone, which the birth control pills that they make these days are high potency progesterones. So women on birth control pills can get something very similar to what she described. When you're pregnant, you have a placenta creating shit tons of progesterone so hmm. you can get a relative deficiency down in your vaginal lining and it can get very irritated easily and semen will really stir that up. So you ah. should next time, should you get pregnant again or get that experience again, talk to your doctor about some estrogen suppositories. Mm. Now, because you were pregnant, they may not have allowed that. 
But uh, that's what this is. It's anal. always the same thing. When you're pregnant, go anal. Listen to Uncle Jimmy. Listen yeah. to Uncle Jimmy. Come in the ass. <laughs> Could we make a T-shirt out of this? T-shirt. <laughs> but, but just one. Just one and give it to When him. in doubt, come in the ass. And let us get back to our program. Love the show. I've been married for three years. I'm starting to get turned on by the thought of her with other men. I'm in therapy. I had a really effed up childhood. My mom was married five times. My dad four times. I was beaten and molested. Oh, my God. Woo, been doing open mic nights here lately. Oh, oh, oh there you go. Trauma and comedy, it's guys. It's helping me a whole lot. Do you have any other suggestions for me? I love my wife. Don't fuck it up. Get trauma therapy. Don't, do not pass go. Get airlifted to a trauma therapist. EMDR or something like that. So he wants to see his wife bang other dudes. Right. How, how does that relate to trauma? Um, Cuckolding. It, it somehow, it's something about all the marriages and different partners for the parents, I'm sure. Hmm. And probably, Maybe he wants to ruin and, it. And I'm going to bet he witnessed something. Uh, I bet he, uh, and so that clairvoyant thing is getting acted out. Hmm? Cuckolding's huge in porn these days. Do you watch it? I, I don't want to. I mean, but sometimes it's <laughs> don't like... don't want to? No, but sometimes it's like a hot I porn star and it's one of her better scenes. I get you. I feel you. So you end up so you don't care. You don't care it. what the situation is. It's the chick against the girl. Exactly. Yeah, okay. My girlfriend and I have been dating for a few months. We've quickly become best friends. Mesh on so many levels. Sex life good. The only thing is that we kiss. She won't use her tongue or allow me to. I've asked her why, of course. Can't get a definitive answer. Hmm. Even pressed her to ask whether there's any past trauma. No, no. Some people aren't into uh, tongue kissing. I guess I've had that with like girls that are kind of shy, but no, no, no. Just some it's... people are just not into it. They just, for whatever reason, just like some people get weirded out by certain words. Some people get weirded out by certain sounds. Some people are not into tongue kissing. Mm. Hard to imagine. Yeah. But there you go. Let's hear another voice message. Hey, Dr. Drew. This is uh, Lane from Florida. Um, I had a pretty concerning question. My son was born in November this year. He's about six months. And ever since then, my wife can't get enough of them, and that's not necessarily the problem. It's that she'll she'll sniff his feet. They smell like vinegar. They smell like pickles, which is fine. But then I noticed when I wasn't looking, she'd like lick his toes, like the jam in between his toes. She would smell his farts. What was that? I'm just wondering, is this normal? What was the wife? Should we should we seek help? Uh, she's in denial. I don't know if you can hear in the background, but you know, please. Please let us know. Shockingly, shockingly, I believe her and not him. Shockingly. What what does she say in the background? That's not true. That's not Uh, true. But uh, I thought he was going to say we have no more sex, which is really common that the babies get born. How old is the baby? Six months. And and she's just smelling the toes? Whatever. He's he's being um, not a good husband. Yeah. Like, what's the big deal? But a good mommy. Yeah. He's calling in. There you go. But mostly the sex life is shut down because God doesn't want you to have babies on top of each other. So women for at least a year after the first after a baby will be way down in libido. Mm. And if they're breastfeeding, it keeps it keeps that low libido going even further. Now, so, you've always said, Drew, that uh, a woman's vagina goes back to exact normalcy. Not exact normalcy, but, but near normalcy. I, what I've said was when people will say things like, she got stretched out, I go, that... Anatomy was designed to handle the head of a baby and go back to normal. You, so you, things you, don't stretch out from male genitalia. They don't. Come on. They they don't. Really? It's meant for a head of a baby. Now that'll stretch it out a little what bit. A, like you do porn. <clears throat> like that kind of stretch. Like six penises or something? Yeah. Or if, if you're fisting, that will stretch you out. Yes. But I mean, some of these penises in porn is practically my fist. 
I have a very I mean, small thing. That's not going to hurt the vagina. It's going to hurt the uterus if it gets up there, you know, can traumatize stuff. So girth hurts more than length is what you're saying. No. But there's no penis wide enough no, I'm to just stretch it out permanently. Not, I mean, maybe, but I don't know what you've watched, Jimmy. Maybe you've no, just... No, man, I'm just saying, man. You know, so, I, I find that to be hard to believe, but you're the doctor. You uh, know, it's so. not, not, maybe not like a 14-year-old, but not like postpartum. Not like after sure. a baby. No, no comparison, okay? okay? Okay. Another voice message, please. Let's see what we got there. Hello, I'm Kurt, and I have a condition known as epididymitis. I'm sure you can explain that to the listeners. Mm -hmm. Um... He sounds My happy dad. about it. He sounds so happy about it. It's yeah. epi epididymitis. Keep what going. is it, Drew? Uh, should I go to it right now? Okay, epididymitis. Boy, and we need we need to have anatomy charts here since this is a YouTube thing. We should this would be great. Yeah, bring some. We need uh, like those like those Snellen type charts, those charts that people doctors put on their walls. Or the I'll skeletons that have in doctors' offices. Yeah, yeah. I always thought that was decoration. I've never seen one doctor use this the skeleton thing with the stomachs and the lungs pulled out. No. Well, I, you mean like the big body sitting there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Surgeons That's decoration. That. No, they'd use it. I, I pull out little models of knees and shoulders and stuff like that once in a while. Huh, I do. Cool. But this is, you got your testy, right? Mm -hmm. My fist is your testy. You've got a little thing that sits on top called the epididymis. It's sort of the processing center for the sperm before they send it up the vast deferens to be put with the semen. Oh. Okay. And the epididymis can get inflamed really easily. Uh, usually the urethra gets inflamed, then it goes down to the epididymis. The testes don't really get inflamed, but the epididymis, oh, there it is. Yeah. That's the epididymis on top there. Uh, you see How it? do you get inflamed when you jerk it too much? Uh, you can get almost, any, uh, you can get from prostate inflammation, you can get it from urethritis, you can get it from chlamydia, you can get it from gonorrhea, mm. you can get it from all kinds of stuff. And just, it just happens. And so treatment is like antibiotics and supporting your testes like wearing underwear all the time and uh oh really and uh some commandos no good no good for the epididymitis or prostatitis and then uh, anti-inflammatories but let's see what else he wants to know has the same thing and he told me um my dad has the same thing and he told me that if i piss after i shoot ropes it should stop hurting so i was just wondering <laughs> if that uh helps at all thanks bye Dude, this guy's awesome he asked his dad? Well, how? He's like, yo, dad, my balls is inflamed. What do I do? And then his dad's like, son, it's okay, mine is too. How does that come? I would never ask my dad. Forget that he mine is too. Did you hear the advice he gave him? Shoot rope. So, <laughs> does that mean come? Yes. Yes. <laughs> After you come, you go pee. That's. <laughs> he. What you, a dad. I, next conversation you have with your dad, please videotape it for yeah, us. Yeah, good old father and son jerk off, huh? Oh, my God. So your dad does not know what the F he's talking about. Just saying. Uh, but uh, that's what you get for asking your dad and not whoever the doctor was that diagnosed epididymitis. That's what they tell women after you have sex, you go pee, right? Is that it's real? That's to help reduce the risk of urinary tract infection. That's real. Yeah, it kind of works. But not after you shoot rope with your penis, you don't go pee. How hard is that, by the way? My, my, it's after, very hard. After you and, come and, and you try to pee? I would argue that might make things worse even. Yeah. My favorite thing about this podcast today is that we taught you the term shoot ropes. <laughs> Jimmy O'Yang learned something ropes. new. Uh, but 22-year-old cool guy, which you never know what that could mean. Sometimes when I have sex or masturbate, my, shack, my sack will shrivel and my balls won't fit side by side in my sack. <laughs> what is he talking about? As a result, a ball will re retract into my lower abdomen. Uh -huh, okay. Uh -huh. Yeah, there's uh, a slight bulge under my skin, right into the blah, blah, blah. Yes, that happens all the time. That is normal. That is normal. You can actually go right yeah. up into your abdomen if you have a little hernia. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I guess he's 22. You don't know. I didn't know, like, your left nut's supposed to be hanging lower than your right nut. 
until I was like there's 25. Just, there's usually just one. One is lower than the other. Oh, it's, it's not always the left. Always left. Hmm. Uh, and but you can. But this thing of this retracting or the ball sort of pulling up into the inguinal area, mm-hmm. very very common. And a slight curve in your penis is normal, right, Drew? Asking for a friend. How slight? I mean, pretty slight. You know. With with your finger. I mean, I mean, like, like, like such. Let me see. Like, like that. On the. But like way bigger, you know. <laughs> Like that, like way bigger. Well, show me again. Is that in the? Ooh, it's got more bread. I mean, wait, wait, we can go to the bathroom. Your, put, put your finger up there. I don't want to see your erect. And I'll show you a picture of my friend. Okay. Uh, so, and is it in the downward direction like that? Are you, are you sideways? Can you show it sideways so that the cameras could see the curvature? It's like, like stretch. <laughs> hold, hold, get, get by your head. We want to see by Jimmy Yo Yang's head. Like there you go. Um, but more like, more like you know, like like that. Yeah, sideways. <laughs> Sideways curve, um, I forget. I think that's getting into a zone where is this the zone we're talking about? Ish. It's not a it's not a knuckle bend. You know no, I understand. It's a, it's a smooth curve. It's a smooth curve. It's you're a smooth dude, so you have a smooth curve. I, I'm not saying has this it is been smooth. there has it been there all the time? I don't know. Uh but ever since I was young, yeah. Uh I, I don't know, like it was there when I was thirteen. I don't know. No, I understand, but it's been it hasn't, it hasn't progressed in any way. No, I now I thought it was because I only jerk on my left hand. I mean, and then I switched. And then it got straighter. Ooh, look at but that. May, maybe look at not, you, but Einstein. Maybe not. Well, once again, this is not about me. Uh, <laughs> whoever, friend of mine. whoever this dude is, he's a genius. Yeah. Uh, but is that Francis a real thing? Bacon. Uh, yes, it's a real thing. The curves can be caused by lots of things, and trauma is one of them. Don't don't be so oh, aggressive shit. with your peni. Yeah. And uh, let's. And the the real risk is that it, it gets something called Peyronie's disease, where it can just keep. Pulling. Oh, no, no, no. And then no, they have, then they have to kind of operate on it's it. It's fine. But um, the, I was talking to a urologist the other day who was saying that sometimes Peronis, like happens overnight. They wake up and they've got a... Oh, wow. Yeah, so good hmm. times. I was in a very serious four-year relationship in my early 20s. I was extremely loyal until I was cheated on, and I feel like it took a toll on me mentally because ever since, I've cheated on every girlfriend. Sounds mm. right. Mm. Just started a new relationship about five months ago. Really want to work it out, but I'm actively trying to change my perspective. But I sometimes... Feel myself starting to slip. So far, I've been able to keep it at bay. I uh, love the show. I was reluctant to ask the question, but since listening to you, I feel like I've already started to reflect internally more and face some of my other problems. Maybe the other problems are things we should be talking about. Mm. But uh, here's what I think does a lot of that, what he's describing, is that it's impossible. That, that, that experience shattered your sense of feeling safe in a relationship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if you can't regain that feeling of safety again by any means, one means is to go, oh, I'm always, I've always got a, a bullpen, right? Right. You can always jump out. Yep. So, you, so by, by keeping that sort of cheating option open, you cheat yourself because you never actually get into the relationship. Mm-hmm. You're always partly with one foot out. Now, I understand why it really traumatized you. And maybe some of these other issues you say. That's trauma, right? Like adult it trauma. It, it is. But you have to face some of your other issues. I'm wondering, those other issues are why this was so traumatic for you that you can't seem to get out of this pattern. But that's got to be traumatic for everyone, that you can't trust again. Or do people rebound from that? People usually rebound from that. Mm. But that's the reason. It's hard. hard it, it's hard trusting. Trust is almost a bigger topic. If you, Again, if you had childhood trauma, trust is a major, major issue always. Um, Any type of trauma. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Trust becomes the issue. But usually those are people that really have trouble getting in a relationship ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they don't... But but again, it might be something in that zone. So what should he do? He should not... He should try to really get into the relationship for real. 
not keep an option of you know of a door open where you can bail out anytime and if you can't do that then what other these other problems you're mentioning you need to see somebody about those because mm. that's the issue oh this is for you jimmy mm. hey obviously cannibalism is frowned upon mm-hmm. <sighs> but if you're trapped in a desert in the woods somewhere with no food but another delicious looking human being what's the easiest safe safest part of the human to eat <sighs> question i've never thought of but i'm glad you're here to help me wow yeah, I mean, you got to think like, like, like on a on a cow, like the ribeye, the tri-tip, some somewhere along the ribs, got to be the most delicious parts. Delicious? Did you say delicious? Or safest? Easiest and safest. I like the way you went right for delicious, Jimmy. But easiest go ahead. Easiest and safest. I mean, the arm. Arm or thigh? Would yeah, you think? Arm, yeah. The limbs have no yeah. diseases. The thighs probably have like too, too no. many arteries and stuff. No, you're good. You okay? No, you're good. Okay. Uh, but I like the way you're just going for tender meat all the time. Yeah. Uh, here's another one for Jamie. Uh, 23-year-old, I've blooded my semen. You ever had that? Ooh, never. Uh, wait, no, never. It's only a little bit, but enough to turn a very slight shade of pink. I figured it was worth asking about. It's only happened twice in Jeez, two days. does it hurt? Usually not. It, it, well, it can sting a little bit coming out if it's a lot. To put it lightly, there's almost 0% chance I have an STD. Okay, I guess he's a virgin. <laughs> uh, and I can't think of any trauma or injury that happens. What the hell's happening? These are usually uh, like a little vessel that leaks in like in like the seminal vesicles or something like that. It's yeah. very common. He it's jerked it very, No, mm-mm, it's not. It's just, it's very common. It's in the semen. It's actually in the pack where the semen's getting worked on. Oh, back in the, so the back factory. Stuff. Yeah, the back factory. <laughs> the, oh my God. The front office. 26-year-old male. I've been addicted to internet porn for 10 years, Jimmy. (laughs) You sent this to me? I'm a little Lucas, dude. What what Uh, does addicted to internet porn mean to you, Drew? What is real You know, it's interesting because it's it's so normative and some people use a lot of it and they're still not addicted. It's it's like any like alcohol like so a lot, there are people that drink a lot of alcohol they're not alcoholic right it's got to like like you said it's got to affect your life it's got to affect your know, relationship work or school finance health relation wait uh, health now so and, even hi, hi, like hypothetical even if I jerk off only once a week but then this this guy say let uh, no uh, this is actually a hypothetical uh, like say a person only jerks yeah, up once a week right, but, that's, that's your, but he can't Jesus. but he can't uh have sex with his girlfriend because his uh uh real perception reality right. perception is messed up right i would argue then he would say he, he yes he's an even though right you, not you would, frequency you, i'm not sure i would call him addicted because he's not lost control over it but i would say he's having consequences and he should get should, mm, should mm, change mm. his behavior and if he can't then we'd have to look at that right mm-hmm. so addiction is when you try to change your behavior because it's having consequences and you cannot now for me what if i like i've done this i think we all have done this it's like you wake up and then you, you do like a little wake and jerk and then you get tired for the rest of the day you have a ton of plans so don't do that but then you know you end up not doing stuff right is that consequences am i an addict oh uh, if you can't stop and you want to stop. Sometimes it's like, oh man, I got such a big day ahead of me. I got to come do Dr. Drew's podcast. Don't do that. I think you, know, you, and came, then you, you came in hot up. today. So I could tell you didn't, you didn't, yeah, you're right. You're you didn't right. load any cheap. Or sometimes, you, you know, you wake up early enough, you jerk and then you go back to sleep. That's the way to do it. It's like an immediate morning nap. Well, that's okay. After watching your shows, I identified two long-term female friends as my stalking victims. Ooh. This guy's. This is the porn addict guy. This is good. Wait, he, read that again. He had, he identified. In other words, there are all these guys out there right around this age, twenty six, uh-huh. that find these women. They they don't know they because of porn. They don't have the usual dating experience. Like the, oh, right. Like they're the tiger. Die the tiger's gone, and so mm-hmm. they're just not out there, and it's too, that's painful and difficult and uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. 
And, and, and these days people aren't encouraged to date, so they don't learn how to do that. They find someone there about 23, 22, 23, 24, they go, this is the one. And then they go on a date and she's not that into it. And mm-hmm, he goes, okay, mm-hmm. I'm her friend now. I'm going to be waxing her cars. I'm going to be cleaning her carpet. Why do people gonna... do that? So, like they, they do that in hopes one day she'll slip up and th- like. They do it with intention that by being that guy long enough, eventually she'll cave in. Eventually she'll. They honestly don't understand how the friend zone works. Correct. Like, like she's actually least the, less likely to fuck you. Correct. When you wax her car. And so that guy is stalking her. That's stalking behavior. Is that stalking? That's full on stalking behavior. So both girls knew I had feelings for them and enjoyed the attention they were receiving, which made me feel that I could win them. Here it is. Ah. Uh, which led us to having an eight to nine year friendships. Throughout the time I was friends with them, I dated and had relationships. It wasn't like I followed them around all day. I know that. It's still, you're in, you're in this. They made clear what the relationship is. You're refusing to accept that. You're pushing. Now, if you can actually maintain a friendship. But is he pushing? He, he's not pushing, is he? Yeah, he might he is. be. He okay. is. Yeah. As a result of listening to you, I told both of them I could no longer be friends due to my affection toward them. After explaining how unhealthy my behavior was, they were unhappy but understood. And the younger the two actually apologized to me. Whoa, that's good. That's enlightened. Will I ever be able to be friends with a woman that I find attractive? Yes, you will. You're, you, you will. That's a good question. I, a great... I, I question that sometimes. I, of course you can. I mean, I could if I really make an effort or if I'm already in a relationship. But, but, but to say that you will not be attracted to her is naive, right? Right. But you can put that aside and just be a friend. You can do that. Now, Steve Harvey. It's harder when you're younger. Steve Harvey had this theory. Uh, it was like a viral YouTube video a few years ago. He was like, a man cannot, he can never be friends with a woman because he was like, women, let me ask you this. If you got these friends hanging around, if you decide to fuck them, they will jump on it, right? Yes. That's, yes. that's this guy. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, does that mean you can't be friends with them? No, it means the friendship sort of ends or changes right at that point. Right, and, but and she, it doesn't mean because that Because she knows, they know they're, you're attracted and because you're attracted, there's always that potential. But in the meantime, you can be an adult and be a friend. It's possible. But what, what can't happen is um, when friends develop, you have to acknowledge that somebody was usually attracted to somebody. Oh, yeah, true. That's true. usually what kind of brings it together in the first place, right? Right. And then you can be friends. It's okay. But you cannot stalk. You cannot stalk like that. That's not fair. Is that stalking? So friend zone is like baby steps into stalking. Yeah, if if you start, if you continue to pine away for them and feel you can win them by wearing them down, oh, that is so sad. How many times have you done that? I, as desperate as I was, I've never done that. See, because it happens all the time now. Really, all the time. It's very very common. We have any more voice messages before we bring Fred in here? Hi, Doctor Drew. My name is Matt. I'm from Colorado. I guess wanted to start out by saying I, I love your show. My question or concern is uh, I've been with uh, my girlfriend for about four months now. Everything's going great. I noticed that when we started to be a little bit more sexual active here recently, um, maybe a little bit more intense in the bedroom, I should say, uh, uh, she'll. Um, I found out she's a squirter. And... Uh, I mean, I, I personally don't have any problem with that myself. I think it's kind of hot. But um, I still have the argument that uh, it's pee. Uh, and, uh, I mean, if it's if it's not pee, then 
Like, what the what the <laughs> fuck is it? Keep rocking on. Well, mommy, um, you have this question too. No, you, you've heard it on Love Line so many times. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you answer it. <clears throat> well, I, I I don't know. Okay, I don't remember. Uh, it it can be it can be urine. It can be. In fact, probably the majority of the time it is. But really, but but there's there are women that actually put out vaginal secretions in in sequential uh, burst. Huh. And so, and it's a different kind of fluid. It's not. And what thin. color is it? I remember in Loveline, somebody called in. And it was like a green color, or something. whitish gray, that kind of yeah. stuff. But the urine is. I mean, one one take. You can find out really easily. Have her take vitamins before you have sex. Evacuate her bladder until you see the yellow, uh-huh. and make sure the bladder's empty, and then do your thing and see what you get. How does vitamins factor into yellow? Oh, like vitamin B. It will turn yellow. Ah. Multivitamin will turn it yellow. Let's bring Fred in here. Fred Stoller. Yay! The great Fred Stoller has a, has a, a gift for us. Oh, 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 by the way, what should I do with my trauma, for, uh, 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 Drew? About the abandonment stuff? Yeah. I think you're doing okay with it, don't you? I, I'm all right. I think you worry, I worry about your picker. Like you'll pick people that will be sort of unavailable. Yes, all the time still. Okay. So if you want to fix that, then you got to see a therapist. But okay. I think you can be careful and know that if you see lightning bolts, yeah. Be careful. Think, think butterfly is not lightning bolts. Right. You always said that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay, Fred. We need, need to get on the mic here. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't hear anything out there. So if I repeat any material, he did. Okay. My father worked in a strip club. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> my father my, worked in a strip club. Yeah, that's my shtick, Fred. I, I know his shtick. But yet there's no monitor. Well, um, I these are two actually of my best friends, which is crazy. We're there for Fred's my, my birthday new, this year. Well, yep. And last My um, new reality show is called My Two Drews because I hang out with Drew Carey. Sometimes I'll text the wrong Drew the wrong thing. <laughs> Drew Carey, Drew Pinsky. So that being said, she said a little gift, and I thought, I want to give it to you two guys at the same place. Okay, very sweet of you. And I've been building it up because I'm being repetitious, but they haven't heard this, that either you're going to go, this is what you've been saying, okay. or you're going to go, whoa. You're going to love it. Yes. Mm-hmm. So basically, I'm going to oh, sorry. Can I talk about your treatment lately? Sure. Yeah, let's talk about that. Well, maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe you could help explain because I did this thing and it was $3,000. I didn't think I was going to do all five infusions. I thought I'll just do one. But then I didn't want to seem like a pussy to the guys. And what was it? called ketamine infusion he did ketamine therapy i didn't tell you because i thought you'd go what are you doing oh no ketamine therapy is uh the five to six infusions for people with recurrent depressions extremely effective extremely effective so good for you for looking into it and doing it yeah uh, and um could you i don't know how to how do i explain to jimmy like what is it's the infusion with ketamine and he he just does the treatments he doesn't after a couple of treatments for an hour it starts him it just it just changes the brain chemistry in in a positive way no it's it's people that have depression that have not responded to other things or they're having side effects or they but, don't but like it. It's really it doesn't feel like I'm medicated. Right. It right. doesn't feel like I mean I'm feeling feelings, but it feels like you're still on a trip. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. So okay. So well, on this trip, give us these gifts. Let's go. Okay. Here we go. So, all right. So like, I'm setting it up and I rehearsed it so it's under three minutes. Okay. I I think. Uh, I think you're already running the light. I know. <laughs> well, you did the ketamine. So I think Jimmy may know this more than you. Okay. Because he's younger and into pop culture. But that being said, all right, this is my setup. There's shows like um, Game of Thrones, Sopranos, Breaking Bad, with and Silicon Valley, where they have the figurines called. Oh, oh no my God! So this is the guys from Silicon Valley. Oh, that's the best. Richard, oh, no. Richard uh, this, this is hysterical. Ehrlich and. <laughs> 
Jimmy oh. wasn't available, but I got him oh on it. God, How did you do it? Awesome! Look at this. Okay. This is fantastic. Custom. Are they? Are you picking this up on the camera? Yep. Okay. Wow, this is so cool. And look what we got here. Dinesh. That's true. What? No How did way. you do this? This is so cool. This is crazy. This. So basically. Is that too high? Oh my no, god. That's perfect. Okay. But okay. there's all kinds of stuff on the back of this yes, package too. Yes, it's great packaging. Okay, these are oh all my the Dinesh god. guys. This is. I'm going to show you the back of the package it, but too. But you weren't part of the Silicon Valley. Yeah. I. Got a guy to make one for you. That's awesome. Thanks, Fred. Fred. And it, it, look, he has the uh, hot dog thing. If you oh. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, the hot dog T-shirt. So, and and so, okay. So what happened was I did. This is fantastic. A this is silly awesome. autograph convention, and one guy um, they know for a month is going to be there, and is a retired shop teacher. And um, maybe I could give a shout out to him on Instagram because if you follow him on Instagram, I paid. Just for the parts, so. Oh, but he did awesome. me a favor. But if anyone wants someone, oh that's my they shout out. Let's give yes, a shout so out, man. My this is crazy. Um, you know, John Oliver just did a whole thing on the. Uh, so you know about pops. A little bit. Uh, they, they had them right for everything, like yeah. well, of these. Well, more that that he, he was talking about the the use of characters in Japan. That they have all these. They, there's like a character for everything, mm. and uh, this is part of that whole phenomenon. So yeah, they have every show. So there's a guy named Na is, oh, is it this one right here? Yeah, Nama Steve. Follow him on Instagram. Nama N A M A Steve. Yes, he. So he's a retired shop teacher. He made one of me. Oh my God! Look and, at all this stuff. Um, if you see, well, that that's the. Uh, that, I took a picture of the screenshot, but basically, he made one of me. Oh, here and, I think and, I, I yes. think you saw you post that. I yes. think. Yes. Oh See, my God, Fred, that's hysterical. He made one of me, oh, and, yeah. and he's a retired shop teacher, really good guy. Just loves this, has a passion. Said, "Hey, you want? I'll make some of your friends." So we right. one for Drew Carey. Well, there you go. There's and I'm Dinesh. Glad you like it. These will be new fixtures in this uh, environment. So. Well, this is for thank you, Fred. This is for your new place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you can take yourself. You can take all the Silicon Valley guys. Maybe off camera, so we'll do him a favor where you'll um, sign this because he has one he made. I have the sharpie. That's fantastic. All and, right, we'll do and, all this. And he had this. Oh my God. Where is my? Uh, all right, we're gonna do this all off the air. We're gonna get. We're gonna wrap Thanks, this thing Freddy. up. Thanks, Freddy. Thank you, buddy. Was yeah, right. worth, that was awesome. Worth the wait, my friend. Namaste, Thank Steve. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Namaste. Namaste. Steve. Not yeah. Namaste, but Namaste. Steve. <laughs> all right, listen, Jimmy. Thank you. Fred, thank you for having you. me, man. This was fun. Yeah. And, uh, are you, are you hitting the road again? Are you, you're... I am. I'm doing a lot of stand-up. Uh, I'm going to hit the road soon. Just follow me on Instagram. I'll post everything on there. It's at Funny Asian Dude. Uh, and yeah, you see all the dates coming up and uh, all the other stuff. And then uh, let me see. The, yes. Uh, new platform called Interface where you can get uh, where I go once in a while to do consultation. Check that out. Uh, Opium series on Weekly Infusion at DrDrew.com. Also, the Dr. Drew podcast is out every Tuesday. Adam and Drew, we do five days a week. I still do a wow. daily podcast with Adam. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, This Life You Live, hashtag you live with Bob Forrest on Playroom Pods. And if you miss any live shows, you can always check everything out. Everything is at DrDrew.com. And uh, including my live my radio show, which we put up as a podcast. I do a, a three-hour radio show every day with Leanne Tweed and on KBC 90. And all these plugs are courtesy of my wife, Susan, who's like constantly on my case. I don't plug, you know, you don't tell people where you are. So thank you, honey, for looking out after me. Thank you all for watching. Thank you all for being a part of this and listening. Uh, thank you, Fred. Thank you, Jimmy. And we will see you all next time. 
All conversations and information exchanged during participation of the Dr. Drew After Dark podcast or interaction on the drdrew.com website is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Do not confuse this with treatment or physician medical advice or direction per se. You must always follow your medical professional's advice and direction. Nothing on these podcasts or posted on this site supplements or supersedes the relationship and direction of your medical caretakers. Please understand, I am not playing the role of physician in this environment per se. I'm educating. I am a licensed physician with specialty boards in American Board of Internal Medicine and American Board of Addiction Medicine.